Hi everyone, welcome back to Giant Talk, the world's first OKR podcast in partnership with Koan, the dedicated OKR platform. So I'm Jenny, your Giant Talk host, and today we're bringing you another episode of our OKR Toolkit series. And today our episode is all focused around talking about OKRs in performance management and whether they should or shouldn't be linked to performance management. With me today, I have Lawrence, and I know most of you know him, but Lawrence, just give us a brief intro, please, for those people that don't know you. Yeah, thanks, Jen. Uh, nice to be back. So I'm Lawrence, head of OKR projects here at There Be Giants. Um, so if there's anything OKR related going on, I'm usually involved. Uh, and I am the ex-host of the podcast. So for any first-time listeners, series uh, two, three, and four, I think, yeah, they will think be hearing so. a, a, lot, a lot more of my voice as I, as I hosted the podcast back then. And you probably heard Lawrence on the little intro to the podcast as well, talking about the Academy. So, um, so yeah, so you, you know that voice well. Okay, so let's jump in. So as I said, we're going to talk about OKRs and performance management. And it is something we get asked about a lot at TBG. So kind of to put it simply, should OKRs be used for your employees' performance management? Yeah, you're right. We do get asked about it a lot. And actually, it's amazing how many clients come to us saying things like, you know, we, we want to use OKRs to replace our current performance management system or a new way of monitoring performance. Um, they're usually the same people who have the head of HR calling us rather than a COO or a CEO or a strategist or somebody in that sort of role. Um, to answer your questions, um, no, OKRs shouldn't be used solely for employees' performance management. Um, they shouldn't and they can't replace performance management systems. Um, but that doesn't mean to say that the two can't coexist together um, and that OKRs shouldn't be involved at all. Um, it's just that OKRs shouldn't be the, the sole source of data where performance mm-hmm. management is concerned. Um, and also, like right, right off the bat, I always prefer the term performance development to performance management. Um, I think performance development suggests empowerment, growth, moving forwards, um, whereas management still, to me, suggests a bit more of the, you know, annual appraisal, command and control, being chastised for your mistakes, um, being told how you have to work better rather than being allowed to to develop. Mm. Um, so, so I really think that that is a is a phrase performance management that should be killed off to be honest so be replaced yeah. with development i think it kind of gives that suggestion like you say that you're being told what to do almost which is obviously very much not what okrs are about um no, exactly. so we advocate not to link okrs to performance development so kind of why yeah so i'm not going to go too much into the details of this because it's been covered on earlier episodes of this toolkit um but if OKRs are being used correctly, not every employee will be involved within OKRs all the time. Um, we've talked about spotlight versus floodlight before. We've talked about OKRs versus KPIs before. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about there, I, I recommend you go back and listen to those episodes at this point, really, before carrying on with this one. Um, but just briefly, you know, OKRs should be used to spotlight the priorities, uh, not on a floodlight across all the work that's going on in the entire business. And therefore, what that means is that 
as I say, not every individual in the business is going to be involved in OKRs every quarter. Um, that spotlight will shift. So sometimes it will be, sometimes they won't be. Um, but that means that OKRs cannot be relied on by managers to do performance management or performance development because mm-hmm. there's no way to have an ongoing system that solely relies on OKRs if you don't know which employees at which time are going to be involved in OKRs. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and the bigger problem, I suppose, you know, the fundamental reason why you shouldn't use them as well is that performance management and reward and compensation tend to be linked, and rightly so. You know, somebody's doing a good job, reward them somehow. Mm. Um, the reason that that kind of doesn't work well with OKRs is that um, we want to use OKRs to test new ideas and to take risks and to strive to achieve um, greater results than we've ever achieved before. As soon as OKRs are linked to performance management and therefore linked to reward and compensation, um, those two things play off against each other Mm. because employees obviously want as high a reward and compensation as possible, which means really they're always going to play it safe where their OKRs are concerned. Innovation is going to be killed off in the business because why would anyone try anything new? It doesn't feel safe. Um, Any risk-taking is going to be killed off in the business because once again, you just want to do what's safe and what you know that you can achieve. Um, We'll see what we call sandbagging of key results, i.e. people won't stretch themselves. Mm. If you you know that if you hit 80% of a key result, then you'll get 80% of your bonus, why on earth would you set a stretching key result? You know, you want to, you're going to set that key result as low as possible. So the two, the two um, things, you know, OKRs, performance management, reward and compensation as a little trifecta don't really work together um, because there's too much contradiction between what we're asking people to do with OKRs and also um, how they're being rewarded in the organisation. Mm-hmm. That makes yeah, it makes complete sense, especially when we talk about that stretch element, like you say. Koan is a purpose-built solution for managing your OKRs. Helps your team achieve their objectives and key results. Helps them get aligned, and it helps them stay engaged. Shared spreadsheets simply don't scale when you're using OKRs properly, and you're not going to have a maximum impact with them. But with Koan, you can scale your OKRs right across your entire company keeping your team super motivated and moving everybody in the right direction. Roger, what's one of your favourite features about Koan? So the thing that I really love about Koan and have done ever since uh, I first saw it was how it really puts the conversation around OKRs at the heart of the system and it really helps stimulate that, which obviously brings really good collaboration. You know, they've got this uh, reflections feature which uh, helps uh, individuals really prepare for the the team conversation which is going to come up where the collaboration is going to take place so I, 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 that would definitely be the thing for me which is the the killer feature of the system so if we're telling our listeners not to use kind of OKRs for performance management what would you suggest as another way they can do it yeah so you know I'm no performance management performance development expert there are performance management and performance development experts out there um But again, just to clarify, you know, I'm saying that they shouldn't solely be used Mm. for performance management. 
They're not a replacement for the performance management system. That doesn't mean that they can't be a source of data within a wider performance management system going on in any organization. But they're one of multiple sources of data. You know, your KPIs, and go back to the OKRs versus KPIs episode to get more information on how those two interlink. Uh, but your KPIs, your health metrics, um, the biggest one for me and for us as, as a business at Derby Giants, value-driven behaviors. Actually, how does this individual um, interplay with our values? Mm. It's all well and good achieving the highest sales results ever, but if you've screwed over every one of your colleagues in the process, um, then that's actually detriment to the business rather than positive for the business. Um, so are they a team player and all the other values that organizations tend to have? In line with 360-degree feedback, you know, are they a pleasure to work with, work for, you know, and, and have as an employee? 360-degree feedback is really important in any performance management and development because, um, again, it can shine the spotlight on where, on the areas where people need to improve um, and, and, and develop rather than be managed. Um, and then OKRs as well. Well, if they are involved in an OKR, you know, at that time, then sure, ask them how they're getting on with OKRs, but it should be about um, how, again, how are they working as part of the wider OKR team? How are they exhibiting the behaviors and principles we want to see in line with OKRs? Not just are they achieving their key results or are they not just achieving their key results? It's got to be part of a, a bigger, more values, behavior, culture-driven conversation than just results. Great. And I suppose you don't know what's kind of going on in people's lives potentially that may have affected results. So it's almost having those conversations as well to make sure your employees are okay as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So in terms of, we've just mentioned conversation there. So how important are regular conversations when it comes to performance management slash development? Yeah. um, So, you know, I know a lot of firms now are moving towards this idea of continuous performance development. And I think it's absolutely the right way to go. Um, you know, monthly one-to-ones, monthly check-ins, whatever you want to call them, are vital for any employee um, to not only make sure they're on the right track to achieving their goals, but to ask questions exactly like you just said. Is there anything at home that's impacting your work? Anything else that's going on that you need support with? Um, Personal and professional goals should be spoken about so the two can work hand-in-hand. You know, I, I was listening to a TED Talk the other day talking about the fact that the idea of a work-life balance is now dead. Mm. And I couldn't agree more, mm. especially since COVID started. You know, mm. we are all working at home. Um, so a work-life balance isn't really a thing. It's how does work and life coexist together? And that should form part of these regular conversations that are going on, you know, making sure people aren't going to get burnt out and all the rest of it. Um, So, yeah, regular conversations are absolutely vital. Um, And the goals that are being set, again, where OKRs can come in, these goals can be in line with OKRs. Um, You know, how would you like to develop as an individual in order to support our 12-month OKRs? Um, you know, you're a marketeer, for example, Jenny. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if we had some OKRs around um, increasing in engagement on all our social media posts and 
you weren't a social media expert, your yeah. goal may well be to go and become a social media expert. Yeah. And that's, it's a, that's part of your professional development that's also going to support the OKRs. But your goal isn't achieve those results uh, that are in the key results. Um, but there's also another reason to keep it continuous and keep the goals continuous and agile as well that are being set on a personal and professional basis because OKRs can change and OKRs can change quickly. Um, I actually had an example in a client. It was, it was a marketing one again where a client had decided um, that they wanted to focus on LinkedIn advertising for mm -hmm. the next 12 months um, they wanted to focus on LinkedIn advertising and they set the task to one of the social media team who knew nothing about LinkedIn advertising. So their goal for the 12 months was to become a LinkedIn expert, basically. Um, but after the first quarter, they realized that they were getting no results from LinkedIn whatsoever, no matter how much money they put behind it. So they changed to Facebook advertising. Mm -hmm. But her goals didn't change because she was still on an annual appraisal. She then spent another nine months learning how to become a LinkedIn expert when not when when after a quarter the goal the goal of the organization had changed. So these these conversations always have to be regular, always have to remain agile, iterative, and then they can be in line with the OKRs without the OKRs having to be the goals that, that individuals are set. We kind of just touched on my next which leads me into the next question very nicely. But um it's kind of, we know the OKR framework we've just mentioned there provides an ongoing space for feedback. So do you think the annual appraisal is a thing of the past? Is it dead? It's not dead because God knows how many companies are still <laughs> using it. Um, is it a thing of the past? Yes. It's an antiquated way of doing things. You know, the companies that are still doing annual appraisals are not the companies that are innovating and leading the way in the business world at the moment. That's, that's an absolute fact. Um, should it be killed off? Yes, definitely. Are OKRs the way to kill it off? No. Um, you know, like I said, OKRs cannot be the silver bullet to kill off annual appraisals mm. because they have to be part of this wider context. You know, so OKRs certainly might be part of the, the wider armory to kill off OKRs, but they're not the gun that's going to make it happen. There has to be this wider system in place of which OKRs can be a data source for. Um, so yes, to answer your question, OKRs are the thing that's going to make it happen overnight. So we've kind of gone through a brief kind of touch base on kind of how OKRs should and shouldn't be linked to performance development. We mentioned a couple of episodes in there about OKRs and KPIs and also floodlighting and spotlighting. So do please go back and revisit those just to kind of give you wider information around this episode. Uh, just before we go, any kind of final thoughts you want to give to our listeners around this topic, Lawrence? Yeah, I think this is more probably aimed at smaller owner-managed businesses, to be honest, where the... Um, Founders are probably still the ones designing the performance management system, et cetera, et cetera. But as I said right at the beginning of this episode, just keep the term performance development in your head rather than performance management in your head. And just naturally, everything that you design off the back of that will have a much higher impact for you, the employee, and ultimately for the business because you will be constantly thinking about moving forwards rather than looking backwards. Mm. Um, and yes, OKRs can play a part in that, 
but don't try and make OKRs the replacement for any sort of performance development uh, framework that's going to take place in the business. Great. And on that note, thank you for joining me for this episode. As always, if you've got any kind of comments, feedback on this episode or any of the kind of episodes in the toolbox, please do feel free to drop us a note either via the social media channels or at growth at therebygiants.com. And we'll see you next time for another episode of the toolbox. Thanks, guys.